it's that overflow of emotion. And so, like, you get to a point, ideally, ideally, in the perfect, the perfect musical, the only time someone sings is when their emotions are so overwhelming, the only way for them to express it is to sing it. Words by themselves aren't going to cut it. It gets better because it has to get better. Thank you for listening to the Made of Human podcast. My name is Sophie Hagen. I am your host. I'm from Denmark. That should explain the accent. Uh, I am in Melbourne, which should explain the kind of jet-lagged undertones of my voice. I just assume because that's how I feel. Um, this episode, I'm uh, I'm excited about this episode so much because um, I saw Trevor in... Aladdin the musical uh, in the West End and I mean just fell in love with him he's so extraordinary so talented so I want to say magnetic because that's what I feel like I want to use but I'm not 100% sure it's uh, not a negative word I mean it in a positive way uh, uh, he was just incredible and I'm so happy and so um, uh, honored that he wanted to do this podcast now before you listen to it Ah, this is so shameful. So, like, Trevor is a musical theater actor and a really good one. And I'm super, super into musicals. Yet, at one point during the episode, we talk, we reference Les Mis, and both of us cannot remember the name of a character in Les Mis. And Trevor's PR was in the room, and then she shouted out the name, and during the, uh, the the recording, I it felt like I wasn't sure that was the right name, but we just both accepted it and said, yeah, yeah, that's the one. It wasn't. I've looked it up later. So that's very embarrassing. And so I, I want to say this ahead of the, <laughs> of the episode because I don't want you to sit and be furious that we're getting it wrong. Like I can tell some of you will be shouting out uh, the actual. So I have to make two corrections off the top. At one point, the word fantine or the name Fantine is being said, when what we did mean to say was cassette, okay? And also, at one point, I think I call Angelica Schuyler from Hamilton, I think I call her Jessica Schuyler. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, and I do apologize to all the musical theater fans out there. Um, I was, you know what, let's just say I was too flustered uh, from having, uh, from being near such a talented guy as uh, Trevor. Uh, and I've, since then, uh, since the recording, I've listened to, he talked about being in a band, <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you, I think I was like, you know, like, oh, you're in a band, great, you know, like, we've all met people who are in bands, and then we've listened to the music, and we've gone, yeah, it makes sense, I haven't heard of it, but like, this is really good, and I'm so sorry for being surprised at this, I shouldn't be, because Trevor is obviously talented, but it's, I've listened to it nonstop since I, I got his albums, like, his band's albums, so uh, definitely go and listen to them, and uh, once the band does concerts in, in London or wherever I am, I'm going to go. And I wouldn't it be lovely if I met some of you there? Like, this is a good... I really want this band to be, like, touring and stuff. Anyways, I know I sound like I'm a, I'm fangirling quite a bit, but I think I am. Like, I was really... I really fell for Trevor. He's incredible. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy this. I think it's a really... It's, I think it's a nice episode. I think Trevor is very inspiring. And I'm going to stop gushing, because this is embarrassing now. This is just awkward. I don't know... I'm going to blame the jet lag. Um, yeah, I'll blame, you know what? I'll blame the jet lag. I think that only makes sense. Um, <laughs> so 
before I let you listen to the actual episode and all of how embarrassing musical theater knowledge errors, um, I quickly want to say I'm doing live episodes of the Made of Human podcast at the Soho Theatre in London, at the McCunleth Festival in McCunleth, uh, and at the Brighton Fringe Festival in Brighton. And um, you can find the tickets for that on the individual websites for these places or on the Made of Human podcast uh, .com website. You can also go to mopod.com, M-O-H-P-O-D, and uh, where you can also buy merchandise. You can get like tote bags and mugs and t-shirts and um, I want to say aprons, but I'm not sure. But you can get all sorts of stuff with um, loads of beautiful, there's both like fan art and there's uh, like the logo and stuff like that. And it's always my favorite thing in the world is to see you wearing it at my gigs. And now I'm doing so many live shows that, uh, I mean, there's such a lot of inside scream. I've learned not to scream on the outside anymore when I see you wearing uh, the Mopa t-shirt, but I scream on the inside. And I think the ones of you who've met me so far wearing a t-shirt have been able to see that I've, I mean, imagine seeing someone with your face on their clothes. That is weird. So you can do that on the madeofhumanpodcast.com website. You can also go and submit your act of disobedience, a time when you have stood up to the man, when you've resisted, maybe even done something illegal. You've told someone to uh, not grope you. You have stood up to a bully. You have uh, done something you were very proud of that you didn't think you could do. Anything like that, you can submit on the Made of Human podcast website, and I will uh, quite possibly read it on a future episode. On the madeofhumanpodcast.com website, you can also sign up for the newsletter to be the first people to know about the tickets for the live shows. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. And um, yeah, I think I think we need to listen to the episode now, which I've totally... I don't know why I was gushing like that. I mean... As you know uh, from previous uh, situations like this, I tend to not edit out or re-record when I'm being uh, when I've said something that I feel s- silly about having said. <laughs> so I guess maybe this is just the person I am. I'm a bit nerdy. I'm a bit of a um, just a bit of a fan girl when it comes to cool people like Trevor, Dion, Nicholas. So. Uh, I hope sincerely that you will enjoy this episode and that you will enjoy Trevor and that we'll all go to his uh, concert together at some point. So please enjoy this episode with the incredible Trevor Dion Nicholas. So it's not this and that. <laughs> I mean, the first thing I do is just like of course. knock the microphone <laughs> over. Um, I'm so excited about how good this is going to sound. It's going to sound amazing. It's going to change. It's going to change the way you do everything right now. I spent so much money on this stuff and then I've just not turned on the right button. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so for people who might not know who you are, mm-hmm. do you want to give a short introduction? Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I am uh, Trevor Dion Nicholas. I'm an American living in London and I play the genie in Disney's Aladdin on the West End. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just staring at you like... <laughs> Oh my God, I'm a genie. No, no, no. <laughs> and you, uh, you started on Broadway, am I right? Yeah, um, I was, uh, so that would be, it's 2018 now, 2017, 16, 15, 2015, I was the standby on Broadway in the Broadway company. Um, I was a replacement standby, I took over for Michael James Scott when he left the show. Um, and pretty quickly into that, they asked me if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to come up in the West End production. And so I was like, absolutely, yeah. So like I, I'd i never been, at that point, I'd never been to London. I traveled a lot uh, as a kid, but I'd never been to London. I'd never been to the UK. And so I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And so uh, I uh, I got to, I mean, I cried, I wept 
publicly, um, which I do frequently. But yeah, and then I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to go. I want to go open open my own production of of Aladdin with a brand new company and get to rebuild everything. And so I got to do that. So I've been here since we opened, um, and it's been a couple years now, and I'm still going strong. Planning on planning on doing a little bit longer. So yeah, it's all good. Do you remember the moment you said you cried in public? Was that because you got like a phone call when you were like in the street? No, I uh, I actually got called up to the Disney offices for a meeting. So I like go into the offices. Um, and I cried in Thomas Schumacher's office, and then I leave the office, and then like I, I was like I was on that night as the genie, and I was like I have to get something to eat really quick, and so I was like trying to like run to the store to like grab grab like I think I went to get of course I went to eat something ridiculous I, I got like a like a chicken tender sandwich with like cheese and onions and like, oh my god it was amazing but. I can remember it now, was but that the that's exactly you cried? that's, that's, <laughs> all, that's really the good. second reason I cried. <laughs> but I was like standing in line at Schnippers on the corner in New York City, like, and, and I was standing in line waiting to order, and I was totally like crying in public, just like standing there, like so excited and terrified, but like tears were dropping out of my eye holes. So yeah, <laughs> I re- do you have this? I remember when I got an agent that was huge for me because for me there's like. Not just an agent; it was like the agent I mm-hmm, want, like mm-hmm. the perfect agent. And I rem- like every time I pass, I don't know what you call that bit between. Uh, I'm from Denmark, by the way. That's why I'm, my English is mm-hmm, like this. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> like the bit between like two cross sections on a road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was just standing like in the middle of traffic, like on each side of me, just going past, and I was calling someone, like a friend of my mom or something. And I was just going like, I think I have an agent. And yeah. I, every time I pass that point of London I go yeah that's where it I still am. hits you it yeah. still hits you no so like even when I'm in when I'm back in New York if I'm if I either go up to the Disney offices or if I go to Schnippers and I go to Schnippers a lot when I'm in New York if I go to Schnippers like I get I get misty like and I'm like right. I can't I can't help it it's just naturally like you get that that sense memory from uh from from a location or, or a sound or a smell and then it's like the waterworks turn on and I can't help it <laughs> so you say it's a fun question to ask you say you cry a lot in public I do cry a lot in public yes I'm a, a bona fide public crier yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are you is that a do you also cry in private, or is that? I do cry in private sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not it's not as fun to cry in private because then it doesn't make the people around you uncomfortable. But when you cry in public, uh, then you can watch everyone else recoil at your uh, your your flowing tears. <laughs> is that so? Is it mainly because like the the genie thing? I imagine it's a positive, like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is it also sad crying? Are you in touch with that part of yourself? Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's. It's difficult, um, honestly, because I mean, there's the I am, I am a uh, a black African American male, uh, a cisgender black African American male, and the expectation is usually not to be that open with my emotions, and so there's there's the difficulty in that. There's the difficulty in uh, in. Uh, Sometimes, like if I do cry in public, the the expectations for me not to. It's for me to be stoic and to be still and to be emotionless and to be just 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 the strong pillar. But it's I've never I've never my parents never expected me to be that, and so it was very clear with them. And I'm really close with my mom and my dad still, and it's it's uh, especially with my mom we're very close. And uh, but it's always been okay to show what I feel and to feel what I feel. And so I've always just done that. And so like, even though my dad still carries that, that mindset and that, I don't want to say stigma, but he carries that, he carries that weight with him. Yeah. That expectation yeah. with him. He does. Um, so where he'll try to be that like straight, straightforward, strong, strong black male. And I'm like, I, I, I it's just not, 
it's not who I am and it's not been who I am. And so it's been, uh, again, with, with the theater, it's good that like I'm in an environment where that's, that's, that's accepted for the most part. And so, and even when it's not accepted, I don't give a damn, but I still, I still cry in public. So, <laughs> well, I was about, so there's so much I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. just in terms of you saying all of that. So within musical theater, mm-hmm. which I adore and I love, I had, um, I interviewed or chatted to on this podcast, a comedian called, uh, David Morgan. Okay. And we were talking about musical theater and he had this theory because he was very uh, critical of people saying, oh, I don't like musicals because people just erupt into song and they don't mm-hmm. do that in real life. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's... Uh, and I might be putting words into his mouth now, but his theory was, well, that's what's so good about musicals is that when people start singing in musicals is because there are so many emotions that yeah, oh. the only way you can express it yeah, is yeah, yeah. through song. And Absolutely. that's like a s- symbolic of how you do it in real mm-hmm. life. Um, so tell me about that, like feelings and being on stage and being in musical theater yeah, like yeah, yeah. would you would you be able to do it if you were stoic and you had the expectation or um i think hmm i think there is uh there's a there's a there's a path finding your niche within the musical theater community is one of the most difficult things young young actors and performers have to have to discover um but i feel like once you know what that is so yeah like there you can be that type of reserved but I don't know if you'll have as much success. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't mean success financially. I mean success as in connecting with an audience, connecting with the story you're telling. Um, but yeah, it's that it's that overflow of emotion. And so, like, you get to a point. Ideally, ideally, in the perfect the perfect musical, the only time someone sings is when their emotions are so overwhelming. The only way for them to express it is to sing it. Words by themselves aren't going to cut it. You need you need an orchestra or a, even just a piano underneath of you helping you tell that story, helping you express what you're feeling, uh, throwing your feels at the other characters across from you. And so when that works, um, that's when it's, that's when it's magic. And that's when I feel like as audience members, we can like go in and see something, see something that, that connects with us because it's like, it gives the audience the outlet to, to throw their emotions out at the same time. So ideally that's the, the perfect scenario, but so when, when you say niche, what, I mean, I know I come so much from the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yay, no. the singing and dancing, what <laughs> yeah. else? Um, what do you mean by niche? Like what kind of um, examples of niches? I, growing up, uh, I did, uh, since I was eight, I started taking improv classes in my hometown in Morgantown, West Virginia, because I was a pain in the ass kid. And my dad was <laughs> like, okay, as opposed to like trying to stamp it out, let's put it let's aim it somewhere so they started putting me in in improv classes this is after i'd like i put shows on in the basement anytime <laughs> anyone would come to visit it's like okay you're gonna come watch i'm gonna set everything up was that uh, like singing shows or a mixture i oh. would learn i would learn as a comedian as a, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as with you as a comedian i would learn uh stand-up routines and I would perform them verbatim. So, like, I would learn, like, a whole Gallagher routine. And, like, and as opposed to crushing watermelons at the end, I would crush, like, cups of yogurt. And, like, but, like, I would learn, like, every word. I'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And then I'd learn, like, I'd learn, like, the Red Fox ones. And then I'd have to pretend I didn't know them so my parents wouldn't know that I was listening <laughs> to them. Um, or I'd learn uh, the Richard Pryor ones because I would literally steal uh, uh, – my siblings like tapes cassette tapes and listen to them and then like put them back and like so nobody knew i was listening to these um but uh so it's like as opposed to like stamping it out they're like okay direct it so i like i started taking uh improv classes and um and uh i always wanted to be 
the leading man. Like that was like the ideal. Like I was like, I wanted to be the leading man. And for the longest time growing up and like part of it was when we were kids, I would get cast that way because it didn't matter because it was kids. It was kids. Mm. Um, and as I got older and as I started do getting closer to professional work, I was like, why am I not getting cast? as the leading man why can't i play this role why can't i play why can't i play the fan of the opera why can't i play uh uh uh, jean valjean like why why are these things not happening why was i uh we did a production of south pacific which was like a whole nother thing because like there's a whole race story in south pacific and then me as this black teenager playing lieutenant cable and i was like i wanted to play emil and i was like i was like this is great but i want to play that character i want to be that one and it's like but that was never happening we did fiddler on the roof again black kid doing fiddler on the roof and i wanted to play tevia like i was like but it was it took experience and falls and tumbles and being willing to learn to adapt to realize okay this is where i fit i i fit here so as opposed to me fighting against it um i can change the way that where i fit is perceived so like as opposed to just being this this side character um, constantly tossed as, as a secondary character, I can up the value of that secondary character with my skill set. And so that's what I mean by finding the mm. niche and, and, uh, and injecting as much, as much into it as you can. So when you were asking this question, like, why isn't it me? Why am mm-hmm. I not Sean Sean? Did you mean it as you genuinely didn't understand or didn't know? Or was it more like a, why couldn't I? Why couldn't I? Yeah. Why couldn't so you I? knew, you understood um, the, the... Because especially my mother was like, like, we, she gets it. And, uh, but even still to this day, she'll be like, no, it should, it should be you. Like, cause my, my mom is classic, classic, like not a stage mom, but classic, like black mom of, she is my biggest fan. Like, but also my biggest critic. But yeah. will like slit someone's throat if she has to to like to to, to help me out in any way. And so uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it was more of a why why shouldn't it be? Why yeah. shouldn't it be me? Yeah. Because I'm like I'm watching and I'm like, well, he's doing it. I could do that equally if not better. Yeah. And so uh, that that struggle I don't want to call it a struggle, but that learning curve. Well, it's also was, a struggle. Like was, I have I've. Like I could I get I love musical theater and like I love art and culture mm-hmm, and all of mm-hmm. these things, but. I can get this stubborn, like, why is Eponine not fat? Yeah. Can I get a fat Eponine, please? Yeah. Can I get yes. a fat Christine? Absolutely. Like, I need this. I need a fat. Absolutely, because that's the, not, that's like a not, Skylo. Yeah. it's not a realistic, and honestly, it's not a realistic portrayal of the human condition no. in the world around us. That's not what you see when you walk outside. Yeah. You, you walk into a theater and there's an, again, expectation, there's an expectation of seeing this, this uh, ideal, beautiful frame on stage, and that's not that's not what you're going to see. Yeah. It's not what you're going to see. It's not what you're going to see. If like if you really want to connect, if you really want audiences to, and the, the whole thing is what we do with we project ourselves into protagonists. We watch something. We watch the reason Keanu Reeves works so well is he's a blank slate, and you can watch it and you can project yourself into what he's doing on your screen, and it's like so. Isn't doesn't it make more sense for audiences to engage and stay engaged if they're projecting onto something that looks like them, that yeah. feels like them, not like the Adonis that we imagine is chiseled out of marble and, and yeah. shoved out on stage? But just imagine, like imagine what it would do. It didn't even yeah. have to be. That's also why musical theater is so great because it's the same role, it's the same mm-hmm. script, mm-hmm. but it's played by so many different people. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Very often their um, characteristics doesn't matter mm-hmm. angelica schuyler could be fat and yeah. it could still be the same story if it's you not know? if it's not 
a driving force of the story. What, yeah. what difference does it honestly make? Other yeah. than, I think, uh, I think there are people who like to play it safe. As opposed to, I hate to even say that it's taking a risk to 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 cast a larger person in certain roles, but it's like it does become that. Like that's the risk. It's like, well, they won't they won't come see it if it's if it's if this person looks if this character looks this way, and that's not that's one. It's bullshit, but it's not fair. It's not yeah. fair, and so yeah. yeah, and it's a risk worth taking. I yeah. think I think so also, too. I have no financial. I think so too. No, I think so too. I think so too. Like. Speaking as a non-investor, like yeah. just simply as as that fat dude who wants to get cast in more shit, like speaking at that, it's like yeah, I think that's the risk worth taking. But also as a patron is going to see stuff. Oh my god, imagine. I I love seeing things where it's like I didn't. That's not what I would have expected, and I love it because it works because it's about what the person is doing, not what the person looks like. Yeah. So did you? Well, I don't know how long Aladdin has been playing. Um, did you? Do you remember? Um, encountering the musical and did you think oh that's a role I could yes honestly Uh, the first time I because I remember when it was initially auditioning in New York um, and I was I was without an agent at that point when it was initially auditioning um, and I was trying to figure it out and I was like okay but I didn't think I was like there's nothing for me in this show there's nothing for me in this show um, as I read through, I remember reading through the casting breakdown online and being like, there's nothing I was at this point. It was, I was looking everything up myself through the equity website. Um, and I was like, there's nothing for me in the show. How did you imagine Jeannie? Did you imagine that would be like, I imagine a blue? white guy. I imagine a white oh, guy. Yeah, I imagine a white guy. Um, and so, which is uh, fun because he's blue. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's <laughs> blue. Like it, it yeah. again, shouldn't Standard. make a difference. Yeah, shouldn't make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even like those, those, those natural, even as a what I like to think of as a progressive thinking black dude, uh, you naturally fall into those those tropes of like oh, yeah. what you expect what to see, what the standard is. person yeah. is. Like it's it's totally messed up. But so I saw. So then, like everything happens with it, and then it gets nominated for the Tonys, and then I was watching the Tonys performance, and so I knew that James Monroe Hart, the original Genie on Broadway, had been had been cast, and I'd seen him previously in. Uh, I saw him in Memphis on Broadway before that. Um, and I knew he'd been cast as a genie, and I was like, that's great. I was like, it's great that they've got this this badass big black dude playing the genie. And I was like, this is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I watched the Tony's performance, and I was I literally sat there, and I was like, I was doing a gig in in Utah. And uh, I was at uh, Tuacon Center for the Arts in Utah, and I was doing the season there. And so, like, we had, like, Tony's parties, like, because, like, everybody, like, gets brought in from, like, all over the, the U.S. to go to Tuacon for the summer to work at the theater. It's this gorgeous outdoor theater. But we had, like, Tony parties. And I remember watching the Aladdin Tony performance, and I was like, I kind of I think I could do that. Like, honestly, yes. I kind of think I could do that. And um, but I remember there was a lot of tap in the Tony performance, so I was like, okay, tap. So tap dancing. Oh, tap dancing. Tap dancing. I was like, oh, it's an, it's no, no, no. A phrase <laughs> I don't know from the musical theater. Oh, yeah, tap dancing. Not too much right. jargon. No, just tap dancing. And I'd taken tap lessons like as a kid, kid, and I was like, I remembered nothing, and so I took. Uh, I was like, okay, I want, I'm interested in this, and so I like built this like five year plan for myself, and I was like, okay, in the next like. I was like, I didn't. One, I didn't think I would make it to the Broadway production. I thought, I thought, either it'll move on, or something will happen, or he won't leave by the time, by the time I'm prepared to be there. 
Um, and so I, uh, I started taking some private tap with, uh, Mark Reese, who's phenomenal and was great and took care of me like a baby nestled. Um, but, uh, we, we, I was like, just try and get the language of it into my feet and into my legs because I was like, I have no idea what's happening. If I can start to like understand what's happening, then maybe I, when I eventually need to learn it, I can learn it quicker. I can pick up on it quicker because I've always been shit at dance calls and auditions like i'm the worst i'll get there but it takes me a long ass time so it's like it, it, it always takes me a while so mark like gets we get that all and then we finish the season at tua con i go back to the west i go back to the east coast um and i uh i was in the city auditioning for something else and at this point my the agent that i'm working with was like hey uh they, they want to bring you in for for Aladdin, because like when I got back, when I got back to the East Coast, I went to see the actual show. And I was like, okay, let me see it. I bought a ticket. I went on my birthday, and I was like, I can definitely do that. I was like, I can definitely do that. Okay. Um, and I went to my agent. I was like, I want to do it. He's like, yeah, but they're not auditioning. And then like a few days later, he was like, hey, they want to bring you in for it. Yes. And um, so when you say, sorry, when you say I can do that, is that like a professional kind of going? I'm physically and voice wise able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did yeah, you yeah. mean like? Like I have a chance of getting this role. It was. It was when I watched the entire show. I realized that is that's my skill set. I was like, that's my not knowing beforehand that it's almost like, oh, I've been preparing for this moment my whole life. But it was like, oh shit, I've been preparing for this moment my whole life. And so it was like, I'm watching it happen, and I was like, I can absolutely do this. I can absolutely do this. And so then the audition happened, and I still was like, I had this. Five year plan, and my my thing was it would be five years until I would would was expecting to to be in a Broadway show in some way, um, but it happened much quicker than that. And so uh, I auditioned, it moved really fast. I booked it, and then uh, it's been it's so been the that first sense. time. And I'm projecting so much onto you. Like we've spoken for like 20 minutes, and I feel like I know you so well. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so in my head, what happened is. You went up on stage the first time ever as the genie, and then you just cried for an hour afterwards. Pretty much, yeah, yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I did. No, uh, so the day I, I public so cried, great. the day you I found out that I booked it because I was trying to fly back. I was doing a gig in Florida. I was trying to fly back to Florida, and there was a massive snowstorm, and so like uh, flights kept getting canceled. And so I'm at the airport waiting in line to talk to the 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 attendant for the airline to see if I can switch to a different flight to get back down there quicker, and. Uh, My agent calls and he and he we go through the whole thing and he's like you got it and I start like weeping yeah. hard and like and the woman at the counter was like no it's okay we'll get you on the flight we'll get you on the flight I'm like it's not about you it's about me right now so like just all the tears in public classic public crime but yes the first time I went on as the genie I I didn't cry until after the show after yeah, the that's show what was I'm over as well. yeah. after the show was over yeah. I like get the makeup off get in the shower put my regular clothes on and I just sat down and just like. God. wept for like a solid 15 minutes exactly and then I was like then I was like okay now I can go outside like what's it like doing the first time like the very first time you're on the stage in the outfit in front of mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. um is it mostly nerves and trying to remember it's nerves or? until it starts once it starts yeah. it's 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 all good um and that's that's kind of that's kind of always been my thing I'll be really nervous until it gets going and then once it gets going I'm 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 golden uh it's uh do you still you, get nervous yeah of course of course of you course. do it what every night yeah yeah eight times a week and so it's uh you but there's still nights when like I'll be like and I'll know if I'm nervous because uh I'll, I drink a lot of water through the day and through the show 
uh, almost to the point where I know exactly when I'm going to have to pee. Like I could almost <laughs> set my I could almost set my bladder to to a clock. Um, but if I have to pee early and if my hands get cold, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay. Yeah, I, have I know my, what this is. And my mouth gets dry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now. <laughs> and like, it's like, okay, there it is. Like, yeah. you get your you get your physical cues of like, oh, my body's telling me, yeah. I'm nervous. But it's like, I'm not. I've never been afraid of nerves, which mm-hmm. has kind of been good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's way too much other stuff to be afraid of than to be afraid of being nervous, which is which is good. And so, like, but I know once I get going, once I start, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It's like once I start, once I feel see, hear, smell the audience, I'll be fine. What's the, and I'm going to ask so many questions that are probably really annoying to someone within the industry, because I know nothing, and I'm so much an (laughs) audience member going, like, one of the questions I just, and I I must be annoying to talk about, but, like, I want to know about when something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, what, like, I want to know. Panic. Um, Because it's so, like, when you watch a musical as an audience, well, for me at least, I keep going, you know, you know, like what would happen if that thing didn't do that, or if like what it can happens, go wrong? It happens more than you think it does. Yeah. Like it, it, at least, I'd say in every show, at least once a week, once twice a week, something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, what's like what's whether it's like, mechanical, it's, whether somebody forgets a line, whether somebody's standing in a different place, but you just have it's live and it, and and Murphy's law of whatever can happen will happen. Something's going to happen, and so it's it's. But that's part of the excitement of mm. like seeing like okay how do we deal with this one like and it's like but but uh but the uh, the old the old mantra of the show must go on and so well, I, I spoke, we just carry through. the sp- idea is that the audience doesn't know oh yeah yeah, yeah no idea <laughs> hopefully well hopefully. i had the phrase when i had him on it was i think the only other musical theater person i've been to, spoken to uh talked about playing i think it was marius and when he uh, in les mills and when he had to climb over the fence to get to mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Chris, uh, um uh, what's her name uh, eponine eponine no, the other no, one. Uh, oh, oh. No, Christine. Oh, Christine. no. You must be too quick. Because oh. um, <laughs> uh, she sings, don't you fret, Mr. Marius. You won't feel any pain. Oh, what is her name? I mean, keep singing. That's good as well. Please just keep singing. Oh, I'm the worst. Let's I'm the worst. The I'm the worst. I can't. Let's just do it. Oh, my God. We should totally do that. Oh, my God. That's second cool. podcast, you and I sing through as every character. Yes. Here's an idea, though. We do that, but except it's just you. <laughs> Um, it's good. And, um, it's 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 uh, there's the Fontaine. 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 Yes. Fontaine. 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 Yes. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> I Thank know. You. I'm not oh, you're you're the audience listening. We're like yes, someone has yeah. to tell them what the fucking. No, is. because anyone listening, there's somebody yeah. screaming yeah, at, know, the, at the at the recording. Especially because like, of my second. This being my second language, it's so often people are like, "Say the word." You no, mean. no, no, no. So no. anyway, so he was climbing over the fence and he got stuck. So he had to do the whole song from like on top of uh, the fence. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I was just wondering. Mm-hmm. What something went wrong the other night? Just the other day. Um, oh, so like there's a massive, in Friend Like Me, there's a massive, and it's not, it's not a, a spoiler alert, uh, but like if anyone that's seen the show, like it's not like any, or any ad for the show, there's these massive stairs that come out of the deck for yeah. the end of Friend Like Me, like, and, and the genie Aladdin lift up, and they're above like the, the ensemble that's down dancing, and they're still tap dancing, and like lights and fireworks and everything's going off for the end of the song. Um, and the other night that lift just didn't go up. And so we just were on the floor with everybody else. And so Matthew Croak, who plays Aladdin, um, I just grabbed him and pulled him in really close because everyone's like swinging canes and stuff. And I was like, let's not, uh, let's avoid a concussion. And then, and then we're good. And so it was like, but it's, 
like there's people there who have seen the show more than once and they'll acknowledge maybe like you might be at stage where they'll be like hey what happened and I'm like something happened yeah <laughs> but the majority of people have no idea they have no idea they're just Does that happy to be along it? for the ride because I think another and I don't because I do what I do I and if it's anything like what I do in terms of do, when you do the same thing every mm-hmm. night like the same show um so I think I know what my answer would be that's why I don't f- I just think some people would ask this if it gets boring do you get tired of it like if you do eight nights a week for now a couple of years do you I get mean, bored do you get like oh this fucking song again there are days of course but I as the genie I get the ability to play a little bit more yeah because when characters. I saw it it felt like you were kind yeah, of improving yeah, yeah, a bit yeah, I but can you ri- never I can know riff a little bit I can nice. like I, I have I have parameters, but I can I can push a little bit further. And and uh, Matt Croak again, who plays Aladdin, is really great at uh, knowing when I'm going to push a little further, and he'll he'll hold back and let me go. And then like it's 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 uh we have a really good relationship, oh, good. and so a really good non spoken. He'll be like, we can feel out the audience, and I can feel how much I can get away with, how much I can play with it. So for me, I get to. I get to play with it. But yeah, the, the, the most honest of answers is yeah, some days some days it's more difficult than the others than the others. Some days it feels like work, some days it doesn't. Um, See, but you don't go home and then go, I think I'll watch Aladdin now. No, that never happens. <laughs> I need more Aladdin. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, and it's really sweet because a lot of people, um, a lot of like fans and people who, who come to the show more than once, they expect, their expectation is that I love... I I experience it the same way they do, so they're like, oh, like they're like, oh, look, I'm listening to to the cast recording, or oh, look, I'm watching the film, and I'm like, great, I have no <laughs> desire to do either of those things. <laughs> like, it'll be a decade before I watch Aladdin again, and it's, I love it. It's still my it's still my favorite uh, Disney movie, animated movie. Um, but I'm like, I have no I have no need to experience it from a from an audience perspective <laughs> anytime soon, anytime soon. What's the what's the best bit? Like I think it's one of the most beautiful musicals I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of colors and it's gorgeous, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's yeah, yeah. beautiful. What's the fa- what's your favorite bit about doing it? Um, honestly, my favorite bit about doing it is uh, the connection I get to have with the audience. That sounds cheesy, but it's more than the not. It's not like oh, the connection I have with the audience. It's like no, the the actual like I walk out, I speak directly to them, um, and depending on them it affects how my night goes and it uh and yes i'm trying to make them laugh i'm trying to make them feel something something i'm trying to make them feel something and so whenever i start to do that that the the adrenaline and the addictive fuel that comes with that is my favorite part because there's the there's the uh the the hmm, the hungry ego that gets that gets satisfied as they respond and as they laugh and as they they, they clap it's it's the most it's addictive. addictive feeling because once it and it's so frustrating when you're when you're giving everything and it doesn't come back the uh-huh. same way when you're like okay last night i did this and it worked so well and I'm, i swear i'm doing the same thing yeah. and but so it's many not people. working how mm-hmm. is it a collective thing how is it a collection yeah. where there there's the collective mindset of we're not we're not as on board as they were yesterday and I don't know, like, it's like, it's is, so the, is the air change, is the humidity different? Um, is the water, is yeah. the water, is the water density different in the shower this morning? Like, yeah. and it's, and it's, uh, that's the most fascinating, like, sociology study is like, what is it that changes 
audience mindset overall from one to another and like it and it is it's it's a uh, night to night it's it's always different but yeah so that's that's probably my favorite part is that experimentation every night of going out i open the show i get to test the water at first and see where they're at and i'll usually it's funny so uh don don gallagher who plays uh jafar like when I finish Arabian Nights and I go backstage, he and I pass each other and I always give him a heads up as to how the audience is doing. And so I'm like, okay, they're like this tonight. Okay, they're like this tonight. Yeah. And, and it gives him a little, a little nudge of where he needs to start to yeah. try and like, because there is that the overall teamwork. Like he and I, we don't see each other on stage until the very end of the show. Oh. But we pass each other then and I know like, okay, you're going to take over from here. So you're going to try and irk them up a little bit more if they're starting a little dour and like it's like yeah but it's like that that whole side of it is my so how, part. how does that work in other musicals where because i've not seen a lot of musicals where mm -hmm. any character gets to break the fourth wall I guess. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or i don't know maybe i just not watched enough but like how if you can't if you couldn't do that is mm -hmm. there still things you can do that could play with the audience if you have to follow us it depends it depends on uh the creative team it depends on the piece it depends on where where the where the lines are for for that particular that particular character um i that's that the challenge of that is, is exciting as well like when you're when you're your hands are tied a little bit more and you have less leeway to manipulate and I, I hate to say the word manipulate but manipulate the audience because it's what it's what we yeah, do yeah um when you have less space to do that and still trying to still being able to be successful at it is a whole nother a whole nother level of adrenaline rush so yeah so and i just want to say like i love doing that with comedians when you when you're on the same bill and you pass each other on the stage and you're mm -hmm, like good mm -hmm. luck oh fuck them but, yeah <laughs> Fuck, fuck this. <laughs> it's the best. Like yeah. it's that that shared it's that shared feeling of community. Yeah. I just and go, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Good luck. I ruined that for you. Hope it goes all right. Like I've 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 absolutely ruined them, so good luck. <laughs> I've not made this easy. I had to follow a magician once and he killed like it was a bunch of quite old people in the audience. It was a charity gig. And I said this magician, I forget his name, Peter something. He was really good. And they were like, because he's just done actual magic. Yeah. And the MC went up straight up and just went, all right, give it up for blah, blah. And now, welcome to, like, he didn't even do any kind of buffer. He just went, welcome to the stage, Sophie Hagen. And I met him on the stage, and he just went, oh, good luck. I'm like, you piece of shit. Fuck you, fuck you. And you just, can't, you're just like, yeah, I know that last guy made magic happen, but here's a story about, I went to the shopping to do, oh, that's the worst. I'm, if I'm, I was there, I would have booed the magician for you and only cheered for you. Thank I promise. You. Of course. Please be there more. I would have booed him off the stage. I would have booed him off the stage. You would have booed him with like a beautiful voice. So they would have been like, let's watch <laughs> this guy. Let's watch this guy who's shouting. I wouldn't riff a boo. <laughs> uh, what do you have in. Um, no, I'm going to ask you that afterwards. I want to ask you this question first. Okay. It has nothing to do with anything. It's mm -hmm. just like a regular question that I'm asking until, cool, cool. until someone tells me to stop. Um, so. You're in prison. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You're in uh, medium to high level security. Okay. Why are you there? What's the most likely crime that you have committed to be in this prison? <laughs> um, uh, uh, media piracy. Media piracy? <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> <laughs> to get medium to see, that's quite a. Yeah, uh, media piracy. Um, 
I've gotten better at it. Um, I've, I've, jeez, uh, I feel like I'm exposing myself now. Uh, but, but, uh, but you know, like there's, 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 there's ways around. I mean, we've um, had people go straight to murder, so I think you're fine. No, I don't think I, uh, that's not the most likely. I think the most likely would be like media piracy. It wouldn't be like tax evasion, nothing boring like that. Um, no, it wouldn't be Are murder. Are you a passionate person? Like, do you do things passionately? Yeah, but I'm also, oof. I also, I, I overthink. Mm. I get really meticulous and really, I tend to overplan and plan like, okay, if this doesn't happen this way, then this way. If this doesn't happen this way, then this way. So in that sense, um, even as passion takes over, I can be really, I get overcognitive about it. Mm. And so sometimes I'll miss, I'll miss windows of opportunity because I'm attempting to maintain control over mm. every possible outcome. So you, you maybe you'd like plan a murder, but you'd never actually get to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so I would have like, <laughs> like if I was going to plan to kill someone, I'd have like four different ways to do it. Yeah. And I'd research every possible way, but then I'd make sure that my internet history wasn't there because I'm good at the media piracy. Smart, so yeah, exactly, smart. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that would be what they caught you on, but you'd just be like, oh, thank God they didn't go into my Yeah, yeah, lab. but at least they couldn't see what actually, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't find my kill room. Like, everything else is fine. It's like covered in plastic and leather. Like So ready. I don't know if that's a kill room or a different kind of room, but like, it's like... I was picturing like a Dexter kill room, yeah, like yeah, a Dexter no, no, like, like setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, okay, I guess yeah. you can use that for I mean, several things. There's, there's always options. There's you always didn't options. See the spin-off. No, no, no. no. Dexter has fun. <laughs> uh, Sexter, Sexter. It's Sexter. called Sexter. Obviously, obviously, it's called Sexter. <laughs> we'll work on that pitch. We'll work uh, on that pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> It's doable. It's been years since the show went off the yeah, air. It's about like, time you bring him back. Yeah, absolutely. Where did he go? Yeah, exactly. That. I actually didn't finish the last season, Never if I'm being completely don't honest. Listen to what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you have in common, or what uh, part of your personality is different from the role you're playing, Genie? Gotcha. Um, <sighs> is that a boring question? Do you get that? No, no, no. Enough? That's actually a good one. Uh, the question I always get. I always get the "What are your three wishes?" Like, oh really? I always get that question. I always <laughs> get that I had question. Not prepared that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, oh, don't I worry. love you even more now. Um, uh, in common, uh, we both the the genie has this. The genie meets Aladdin, and they find each other, and he finds this connection, and he grasps onto it strong. And I tend to, when I connect with someone, um, I'll hold on to them. I'll hold them really close, uh, and I'll 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 do anything. For them that I can, uh, in that sense, we share that in common. We both love, we both love to be loud and 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 boisterous, and we both love when it's. We'd love to draw attention. We love to pull an eye and an ear, um, and to to to. Wait, what does that mean? Pull an eye and an ear. Uh, to to like, if I'm in a room, like so, I. I, if I walk into a room, the idea is well, you're going to pay attention to me once I walk into the room. Uh, and so, like, oh, the genie. Hey, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the genie and I have that in common. The opposite side of it is I tend to be, uh, I tend to be really introverted. Um, mm. And I also really love, I really, really love to be by myself for like long periods of time. And like, and I, I nobody ever expects that. They you usually do. Didn't Genie spend a lot of time? Uh, there it is. Ah, oh, that's true. That's true. But he hates it. He hates being oh, stuck yeah, in the lamp enough. by himself. Yeah, Where I'm well, like, no, please stick me in the lamp. 
I'm fine. Just stick me in the lamp with a solid Wi-Fi connection, and I'm good to go. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy my time to myself, and it gets difficult to have it. And, and people, people, I mean, and it's not a bad thing that people want time, when people want time or want, want pieces of that, but it's, uh, it gets difficult to hold on to it and hold it, hold it precious. But With, I, I guess it depends what they want, doesn't it? Because if yeah, they yeah. want you because they assume you're super and fun, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's sometimes what I get when the audience members come up to yeah, me. Yeah, Even yeah, if I've done a whole show about being an introvert and mm-hmm. how I hate parties, they'll go, we love the show. Do you want to come oh to my this God, party? I hate parties so much. And I'm like, no, did you not just, I just spent an hour like <laughs> justifying that I hate people who party and parties oh. and going outside and people in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're like, do you want to go for a drink at this nightclub? No, no, no. no. Not, not really, no. Like, like, don't expect me to be fun. Please don't expect me to no, be no, fun. No, 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 no. No, I'm the same. I'm the same with that. And it's like, it's like if I do want to like hang out and have a drink, it's like, let's go to someone's home. Oh, yes. And just like, I want to like, I want to have as little, <laughs> yeah. no. I want to have as little clothing on as possible. Like, <laughs> just, not, like, just, just pajama pants. Just pajama pants and like, oh, I love a onesie. Oh my God, and just I found like, one with a butt flap. <gasps> that's even better. Then you have to take it off to poop. I know. That's fantastic. I know. That's fantastic. But then there's a whole other logistic thing with, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go into this, but here we go. Because um, <laughs> then you have to you like sip it and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of take it up like between your legs when you're sitting, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But then you have to wipe. Ah, of course, uh-huh. of course, of and course. I'm, well, I don't know if that's a fat thing or just me. But I can't reach behind me. Ah. So then I suddenly have to like pull it up. So it I becomes can... easier to just take the onesie off. Yeah, because then I have to like unsip it in the front. And then, and then it's so you might as well have just stepped out of the yeah. onesie in the first place. I mean, don't get me started on butt fat onesies. Um. <laughs> don't get me started on nude pooping. Like it's the best. <laughs> Sorry, <go on. laughs> no, I think I do want you to get started on nude pooping. Well, okay, okay. I have a nude pooping story. It's go not on. mine. It's not me who would nude poop. So growing up, oh, he's going to. He's gonna. I, I cannot send this link for this to my cousin. My cousin Troy and I were a few months apart in age. We're a couple months apart in age, um, and we really grew up. I'm the youngest of five kids, but there's ten years between me and my closest brother. So Troy and I really grew up like siblings. Um, and so my 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 aunt, uh, like they didn't live far from us, so like we would spend like especially like whole summers together. Like we're Troy and I would we go to each other's houses and his little brother, my cousin Travis would come over and like we spent a lot of time together. And as we got older, Troy Troy would poop nude. Troy would poop nude. And so it's like a rule as like, like a, he would like he wouldn't just ago, it's not just, just put the pants at the ankles and have a seat. Oh. It's like it has to come off, shirt has to come off. I don't know if he still does it <laughs> at 35 years old. I don't know. I'm assuming he's still at 35 pooping nude, but what when I learned this, I was like, well, I mean, I could just let him naked poop in peace or <laughs> I could ruin I could ruin the experience for him. So what I started doing is there was a the bathroom it's in my parents my parents are still in the same house and so it's the same layout but i learned to unlock the bathroom door from the outside this is terrible <laughs> and i would go in and take his clothes and then cl- reclose the door and hide them somewhere in the house I so we found out why you're in prison <laughs> oh my god this is it yeah, this is what i go to prison for unlocking toilet doors for unlocking toilet stealing doors that's perfect clothes. and stealing people's clothes i like i would i would hide them somewhere else in the house and he'd be furious <laughs> 
Um, and so, like, and then I would just wait. And so he would then have to come out naked and and work his way through the house to find his clothes. So I'm not going to tell him where they no, are. Not, no, like, part um, it's part of the fun. And so, uh, one. So yeah, I would do that quite frequently. And then one night, I don't know where the hell my parents were, but it was like nighttime, like dark outside, nighttime. And I had done this, and I'd put his clothes outside of the front door. And so, like, there's, like, a little, a little, <laughs> there's a little, like, uh, a porch on the front of the house. And so, like, he had gone out to get them. So he goes out, and he's, like, r- rapidly trying to, like, put his clothes on outside. And so then I just lock him outside. Um, and the only reason I ended up letting him back in is because his his younger brother, my cousin Travis, was so upset that Troy was locked outside. And we're 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 teenagers. We're like maybe thirteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen tops. Like, and it's it's still one I haven't thought about that story in the longest time. But it still brings me as much joy now as it did then when I locked my cousin outside naked i locked a black man outside naked in 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 very very white west virginia like this could have gone horribly wrong but i didn't give a damn i was i was tickled that's what you get for being a nude pooper that's what you get for being a nude did you never ask him why he did that is it like yeah and he never had an answer like he never had an answer but it's uh you tried it it's interesting i i mean yeah like never like never as a choice never as a choice it's never just like it's just maybe by circumstances like yeah yeah just by circumstance like someone's gonna force you to do it no 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 i've never been been forced a few times (laughs) someone has been like right (laughs) i've been forced into a nude shit once or twice in my life but who hasn't um (laughs) this always comes up in this podcast everyone always talks about this it's very it's a very Human experience I'm that we all share. Maybe it's like super freeing. I don't know. I mean, maybe I should start choosing. I think yeah. If there's anything we can choose, it's how we how we poop. Like if there's anything we can choose with all the all the mm-hmm. crap, no pun intended, with all the crap that life throws at us. If there's any moment that we get to have complete control over, it should be when we poop. And I'm a very, I'm a very like, I'm a very. <laughs> I'm a very specific pooper anyway. We're like, Go if on. I don't feel safe somewhere, I'm like, I can't poop here. Oh, really? You, you, you have that choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be, like, I have my dressing room here. So I'm like, so like, if I'm in London and like, I, and I have to poop, even if it takes me like 30 minutes to get to the theater, I'm going to go to the theater and poop. Like, oh, I'm do you have your own, so, oh, yeah, yeah, so I have like my own. mind when the other actors are there? No, I have my own toilet in right. my dressing room. So I'm like, yeah, so. Um, when and, do you not feel safe then? Most like most public. most restrooms. Most restrooms. Yeah? I just don't feel emotionally supported. <laughs> well I think it's I think it's what I think it's what they say, isn't it? Like um those who unlock other people's bathrooms doors don't feel safe. Things exactly. that everyone exactly. unlocks other people's bathrooms. I've done this to myself. Done I've this, caused my own neuroses. You're just waiting for Troy to be out I- there. <laughs> One day, <laughs> one day, one day, somebody's gonna gonna unlock my bathroom door and steal my clothes while I'm nude pooping, and and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll start to like be angry, and then so I'll just accept angry. accept the balance of the universe that it's it's like I've had this coming. Like in all fairness, I've had it coming. Uh, <laughs> but like even you, if I stay in a yeah. hotel, if I'm only there for one night, I might not feel comfortable pooping there. Well, it's, in your it's own amazing. room, yeah, in my own room. Like if I'm there for like two nights, and I'm like, okay, I trust this space. Really. I'll poop here. Yeah. What is it? What, what, what? I have no idea. No? I have no idea. 
I'm sure there's a there's a psychiatrist somewhere who's like, oh, this oh, yeah, stems from classic. this stems from this moment with his mother when he was when he was seven, and, and uh, now he'll never shit in public again. But like, <laughs> such a tragic story. You know, such a tragic story. One day, but. one will write a musical. <laughs> and I don't want to see that. that. I do want to see that. I do want to see that. I want, I do want, I want to you see to play that. I want to be in it. I should. It'll be my. It'll be my moment of like. I should write the musical. You should write the musical. I should write the musical. I should star in it. Um, it'll be your Hamilton. And it'll be my Hamilton. It'll be my Hamilton. Well, in the Heights. Yes. Right? In the Heights. Or <laughs> in, the, in the stalls. The toilet stalls. There it is. There You're it is. so good there at puns. <laughs> we had Sexter. We had Sexter in, in the, the stalls. stalls. Can we do one with Hamilton? Uh, mm. I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is worth thinking about. It's, it's, it'll it's come worth, back to us. It'll come back yeah, to us. We'll leave it now. We'll leave it now, and like at some point, it'll just out of the ether. We'll just pluck it out, and it'll 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 be there. Uh, so I'll ask you. This is another question I I've begun asking on this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so you've known that you were doing this podcast for not too long, but you've known you were mm-hmm. doing it, uh, which is kind of part of the question. Now the question stems from a question I asked um, a band called Westlife when I was thirteen. Uh, you may not know Westlife. I don't know Westlife. Uh, no, they're an Irish Catholic version of Backstreet Boys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was a huge boy band okay. fan cool, when cool, I was cool. 13. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just I was, I'll say this. Yes. Uh, as a teenager, I was very negative on NSYNC, but I was very positive on Backstreet Boys. Because I there thought, are two types I thought of people. They, they, were, they were, I was like, oh. I was like, yes, I see the appeal of NSYNC, but I was like, musically, I'm like, Backstreet Boys is kind of killing it. I was like, um, they were like, they were oh. really trying some things musically and like, oh so like, God. And just uh, and on in the same that whole vein. song for their moms. Yeah. Oh. oh my god, perfect fan. That but oh. Backstreet yeah. Boys was like I was like, and I would never like at that time I would never admit it. But mm. now looking back, I'm like, yeah, Backstreet Boys were my yeah. shit. Like Obviously. that was like like oh yeah 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 I f with the Backstreet Boys. Like yeah, I'm about that life. Um, well, I think yeah, because I think in the UK we had five five American. No, I think five was British. That five, the boy band five, and then Westlife. And Westlife mm-hmm. were like always dressed in white. Okay, okay. Sort of like dancing. How pure! Like, how pure! So pure. Course, they never had girlfriends, and it was beautiful. Of course they didn't. Yeah. They and had then boyfriends. And then it was <laughs> one of them turned out. Um, but then there was five, and they were like the bad boys. Right? Ah. So I think they were the insane of like. Boys. So it was the, the they yeah. balance each other. They balance yes. each other. It's like everything. So anyways, mm-hmm. I ended up uh, interviewing Westlife mm-hmm. on television. Don't worry about it. Um, big deal. Whatever. And uh, at so I asked thirteen. Them, at thirteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I asked them this question, and I was very disappointed with their answer because I thought it was a fucking brilliant question. Okay. So okay. I've now taken revenge by asking other people who, so far, no one's been worse than Westlife. So. Great. I'll try not to be worse than Westlife. No pressure. Okay. Okay. Uh, but kind of a lot of pressure. Okay. Okay. So this is a question: Is there anything that you would want me to ask you? What would you want me to ask you? It can be anything. Maybe you're in a place in your life where there's a certain thing you're thinking a lot about that you want to talk about. Maybe it's just, it's kind of the opposite of the, what don't you want me to ask you? It's kind of the opposite yeah, yeah, of the three yeah, wishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's the, it's the, ooh, that's, 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 the, that's the blank check of, mm-hmm. of, uh, <laughs> of questions. Um, okay, 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 okay. What about, um, how do I form it? How do I phrase it in a question? Something about um, <clears throat> the 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 imbalance, the imbalance um, creatively, creatively, the creative imbalance that that uh, I feel most performers go through, 
and most artists go through in general of uh, the belief in what you're doing and the fear that nobody else enjoys it the same way that you do. Yeah. Go on. Um, so like the idea of, of I know, I know what I enjoy as part of my, my, my art craft and part of, and part of that, but the fear of, well, what if nobody else is in, is into this as I am, especially if I try something new, if I do something unexpected, if I, if I do something outside of the box that they're expecting me to stay inside of, how is that accept? Uh, let me, let me break it down more specifically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, uh, I'm in a band. Uh, I write, I write all the songs. I love them. Um, but it seems like nobody else listens to them. Ah. So it's that fear of like, and then like, I'll ask somebody, Hey, my ego's out of the way. How does this make you feel? And you get a positive response, but how do you believe that positive response when you're like, are they trying to? Yeah. So like how much? Yeah. And do you get that a lot within musical theater because you're doing someone else's stuff and then you're doing your own? That's the question. And you're really popular doing one thing, mm-hmm. but and that's what's that's what oh. makes me terrified. Um because uh yeah, with the musical theater side of it, it's like, okay, I know I'm accepted in this. I know I've pushed to a point where people people want to see me do what I do, but I'm like, okay, I also love this. And I like what I'm creating. I like what I'm putting out there. I like, and and from the people I talk to, they seem to like what I'm creating. They seem to like what I'm putting out there. But how much is there disbelief from what they're saying compared to? Yeah, it's just that that what the, they tell you the truth. Yeah, kind of the thing. idea of oh my God, of scary. you love your own creativity. You love what you do, and but the people around you love you. So how honest can they be about the thing that you love doing? And is it about identity as well in terms of when people watch you on stage in Aladdin? Mm -hmm. Because you get the applause breaks. You get the laughter and the admiration. Mm -hmm. But if they don't follow you into what you do... How much do they actually care? About you. How much do they actually care about me, not just about what I'm giving them in that moment? It's it's terrifying. (laughs) Like, and there's... And yeah. I don't have an answer. And it's yeah. like, but it's like, there. that's, uh, what's it's a the, frequent the name of the band? Uh, Neighborhood Goliath. And it's the yeah. American spelling of Neighborhood, which has been very confusing since I moved to London. But yes, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's scary. Cause it's like, yeah. yeah, there's the idea of, okay, you, you come see me in Aladdin. Uh, you follow me on social media. You, you tweet to me, you like this picture I post. Um, but then, Oh, hey, I'm doing this other thing. No interest. Um, so then my fear is, okay, eventually, at some point, sometime in the future, I won't be the genie anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll be something else. And at that point, do you abandon me because I'm not doing what the thing that you're expecting and the thing that you love? Or do you stay with me through that? Or is it, is it, is it do I step backwards with people that have reached out and connected and been very sweet and very kind and very endearing and very, and opened their hearts and their wallets to, to come to the show and to, to see what, what I'm doing on stage. But do they stick, do they stick with me? If I, if I want to change, if I don't want to do a musical, if I want to do a straight play, if I, if I just want to do my band for a year, do they come with me or do they say, well, you're not the genie anymore. So well, we'll see you, take care. what if you turn it around and mm-hmm. the question becomes, 
why do you do what you do? Like, do you do Aladdin because you want to perform to a big crowd that loves you? Mm. Or do you do it because you love the creative part of it? In which, because if it's about the recognition and whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you can start just considering, like, are you willing to sell your soul and yeah, do yeah. something more yeah, mainstream yeah. and do exactly yeah. what they want? Oof. Or are you just doing yeah. <laughs> or are you just doing it? Because you love the creativity. In which case, does it matter that you're only playing to 10 people? That's true. That's true. And I think think it's both. I think the creativity side of it, one of the reasons I love the genie is I get to create a different experience every single night. Like, it's the same skeleton, but the muscles and meat and fat and skin that go on top of it get to change up a little bit each night, get to be a little bit different. One boob might be bigger than the other tonight. Like, but it's... uh, but at the same time, there is the exposure and getting that many people to feed the ego every night. So it's, it's that balance. It's that yeah. balance. And it's really difficult. And so I love the creative freedom I have with my music. I love that I can write anything I want to. I love that I can sit down with my computer, with my, with my notebook and a pen, and I can write down whatever I want to. I can make this feel exactly how I'm feeling at that moment or how I was feeling two months ago or whenever I finished the song. Um, but at the same time, I want that same level of recognition because I love what I'm doing so much. I yeah. love the creative side of it. So you love what I'm creating over here, but I don't know if you love what I'm creating over here. Is it then, in terms of audience um, reaction, what matters most, quantity or quality? Do you know what I mean? Ideally quality, yeah. but quantity keeps the lights on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's art. That's like the yeah. Whole that is art. That is art. art. Yes, that, that is, is art. Everything that art is. Yeah, yeah. Would you, would you mind being, like a niche? Like what? What kind of music is it? Is uh, it very, 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 very different from musical theater stuff? Yeah, um, it's a <laughs> alternative indie soul. So it's okay. like so it's like rocky and like guitar driven soul music. Like so okay. it's like this mishmash and I love it I love it I love that that's how I get to express myself but I acknowledge that that's not what I sing on stage Uh, that's not what I sing on stage but is it also a matter of um, reaching the audience who would like it because it's not necessarily the same no 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 it's not necessarily the same but I feel like my frustration that comes from when I was growing up I would listen. I would sit and listen to a cast recording, but then I'd go listen to Soundgarden, and I'd go uh, listen to. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would. Who else I listened to a lot growing up? I'd listen to Soundgarden. I listened to Not a Surf. I'd listen to uh, Oasis. I know, but like uh, it was like uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Like I was really into like yeah. uh, this this alternative music scene, and I. A lot of my friends didn't bridge with me, and I get so frustrated. And they're like, "Well, if you like that, you can't like this one." And I was like, oh, "Why no. can't Musical you?" Musical snobbery can go. Why can't itself? you? Yeah. It's just, it's all, it's all connected. Who are it's like, all. You're not cool if you listen to this and that. Can go, no, can it's off. bullshit. It's like it's all good in different ways. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in, in, in again in West Virginia, and so it's like country music's really big and like most of the time it's not my thing but then there's that one song where I'm like that song's brilliant Mm. though like that one like Mm. I I F with this song like I'm all about this and so it's like how do you how do you get other people to open up and and I mean again that's art that's art again how do you get people to open their minds and their hearts to something that they weren't expecting yeah, that's such something a f- they weren't expecting like i find and it's also i find with people loving things for different reasons mm-hmm. so i my thing about musicals 
and music in general has always been voices. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. my thing, like big voices. And yeah, I yeah. don't care if it's within rock or musical yeah, yeah, feats yeah. or gospel or whatever it is. It's just So I will say to people that I love musicals and they'll say, oh, you need to watch this. And then I watch it and they barely sing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why yeah, did yeah. you suggest this to me? Yeah, yeah, like, they yeah, just yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just not, not the part of it that <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I'll, so I imagine some people might watch musicals because of the dancing mm-hmm, or the, mm-hmm. the, the, the sign or the story yeah, which yeah, yeah. won't be in which won't be the same which won't be in the music mm-hmm. so maybe it's about finding like people on this uh, in the alternative soul scene yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who love it for what that yeah, yeah. very I mean, true I'm, very true, very true. Uh, no and I like, don't I don't I don't know I don't have the answer and, that, and then and it stems it's past, an interesting thing and it stems past the music side of it it stems into what do I do next? What do I do next to to try and carry that? Whether that's one year from now, two years, three years, four years, whenever I stop doing this, mm. whenever I stop putting the glitter and the big eyebrows on and the gold, mm. how do you maintain an audience with you if I want to do something that has nothing to do with what I just did? Yeah. If I want to do like the the <laughs> the, the, the saddest, darkest play, then if that's where if that's where my my heart is taking me do i alienate the people who have helped to sustain me to this point i think it's more yeah well it's less do you alienate them and do they leave you yeah 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 because that's a worse if you alienate them that's your choice Mm -hmm. but if you if your brain does that thing that sometimes brains do where it goes now that they've left you it wasn't your choice yeah damn it that's such a weird conundrum isn't it yeah like yeah. how many people have that like oh what I do feel you like do most when you gig to thousands of people one day and then the next day <laughs> yeah 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 how, I what feel does that like, do to someone's I feel like a lot of a lot of artists can struggle with that and I feel like it's not always discussed on such a direct level because there's the expectation of the starving artist. There's the there's the like oh, they'll be fine. Yeah. They just they just love it. They'll or they'll quit and get a real job one day. <laughs> and I'm like, but no, this is what we do. This is what we do. This is yeah. this is this is who we are. Whatever your your whatever your particular path of artistry is, this is there's a reason that that's what you're doing, and there's a reason that you're successful at it, and that has to do with what's inside of you as opposed to uh, just the external things. Um, and I, and and that's that's the that's the real, the real hell of the question is is. So once, if you were to do another musical mm-hmm. after Genie, how much is it on your mind in terms of that anger? We can't. I don't know if it's anger, but that feeling of injustice that we talked about in the beginning. Like, how aware are you that? Well, how many other parts are there that you think you could? Yeah, play? I don't know. I don't know. And there's that. There's that fear as well. There's that fear of, I know, no matter how much I love it, no matter how much fun I have, I know my my time as the genie is temporary. Mm. It's, uh, do you watch Black Mirror? No, no. Oh. I've tried. There's, there's a, oh my God, it's so good. It I know. It scares not, the hell out of me, but it's yeah. so good. It's too close to, it's too close to, to reality. There's, a, there's an episode called uh, Hang the DJ, mm. and it's about this dating thing where you get a time limit on how long you date someone. So you meet them through through like this app. Um, and you have a time limit on how long you're together. And the idea is that the system is is the the algorithm of the system is learning 
how you respond with this person, and then it keeps all that data and all that information to eventually match you with the quote. I'm making air quotes where mm. it's audio, but I'm making air quotes the perfect the perfect match. Mm. And so it's the idea of my time. I have I have this time limit, but I don't know how much time is on that clock. Mm. I don't know how much time is on that countdown. It could be. It could be three years. It could be one year. It could be two months. I don't know. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of things that could come in that could remove me from from that. So it's constantly on my mind of where do you go from here? Because the ideal would be to create something new, mm. um, as opposed to going into a role that already exists. The idea would be to build something brand new, but at the same time, you got to keep the lights on. You have to create your own Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton, that's it. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> worst possible, worst possible. No, that's it. That's it. <gasps> In the stalls. We're, pro- we're producing Hamilton together. Hamilton. That's all I want. I'll do the, 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 the costume design. <laughs> I think. How are you? How do you feel about like social justice stuff? Like, would you consider? I don't know, like making a thing out of like I should play Jean Valjean, or like I should. I mean, I mean you, not me. <laughs> I mean, I'd see, I'd come see you. Dude. That'd be I, wonderful. I mean, I yeah, know yeah. the lyrics, so I th- what absolutely, else is there? Absolutely. What else is there to know, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I just feel like I feel like something. The willingness, happen. the willingness to fight, the willingness to fight for it. I um, guess so. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, well, I know it's not always willingness. I know mm-hmm. it's also. You know, you don't want to burn bridges, and yeah, I yeah, know yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. be the. It's difficult course, being the person to course, say the things that maybe people there's in the industry the, don't want to hear. There's the there's the multiple layers of it. There's the there's the there's the fat the fat guy side of it. There's the black guy side of it, and it's and it's it's difficult to kick that door in without hitting anyone on the other side because you don't want to. Yeah, but if you I, hit someone, it'll be a white thin guy, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> they can handle it. They'll just go they to another musical. They can handle it. They can handle it. Let's find another place. No, it's 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 you don't want to you don't want to burn bridges, but it's like there's also the uh, there's also the the black male fear of showing anger because there's always the expectation of this this there's the stigma of the angry black man and. Uh, and uh, it's it's yeah it's it's difficult to toe that to to balance that line to balance that and it's hard finding for yourself isn't it because mm-hmm. it's hard for you to say oh, I think more uh, black fat men should get roles without yeah. people saying oh, you just want yeah like, that's just yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Want to do this but You're it's not, not just me it's yeah. not just me it's everybody else behind me as and well if any, and any, if anything by you saying that out loud mm-hmm. they'll go. Uh, okay, yeah, but but I'm going to cast this other uh, black fat guy. It, not yeah, you, yeah, you didn't yeah, yeah. give me an idea. I was going to do that anyway. Yeah, so yeah. They, they would never like you burn your own bridge by mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. which is. And un- then who are you? Who do you alienate by? But and then you get to the point where you're like, does it matter if you alienate them? Does it matter if you piss them off? Um, is it is it more important that looking past myself? Is it more important that the people coming behind me are able to to step through that door easier than I was. Uh, but at the same time, I'm now, and I'm trying to eat and, mm. and keep a roof over my head. It's, oh, it's, 
It's yeah, I know. But also, that's a, for me at least, a, the frustration of, well, why do you have to do it? Mm-hmm. Why, did, why is it up to you? Yeah. Why isn't it the, the other people who go, you know what, mm-hmm. actually, I've, um, I think maybe this role shouldn't be played by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know. But even now when you see, more than ever, you see in the entertainment industry, people calling bullshit. Um, yes. On, is that on, happening on, in musical theater? It's starting to. Yeah? It's starting to as well, yeah. Uh, but you're getting uh, where, where women are being acknowledged more, where, where people of color are being acknowledged more, and people are calling calling bullshit. They're calling bullshit on whitewashing in movies. Mm-hmm. They're calling they're calling uh, bullshit on, on uh, fat shaming or gender shaming. Like these things are being acknowledged, and that's and more so than ever. But there's still so much... To catch up on. There's yeah. so much to catch up on. It's like there's the, um, especially coming from the, from the U.S., there's the, the struggle of, of the black community where you have the people are saying, well, if you want better, why aren't you just better? Oh, why yeah. isn't it just better? Why don't you just go get this job if that's what you want? Yeah. Why don't you stop? Why is there still black on black crime if if you want something better? And what it boils down back to is how far behind. It's a different starting line. It's a different starting line where where you have years of years of slavery, years of of uh, being held back directly, and so it's like no, it's not. It's not an equal battleground so you can't expect it to just improve on itself and it's the same thing with the way that gender and and uh sexuality is playing into the rest of the world and the entertainment industry now where it's like yes progress is starting to be made but it's not level playing ground to begin with so how can you expect it to just magically be okay and they've already made sure that you can't really say anything because yep. when you say anything, you're an angry black man. Yep. Like they're already, yep. or you're the victim, which you're also not allowed to mm-hmm. be. They've, like, in, within constitutionalized sexism, racism, mm-hmm. all of that, the, you're already, they've already taken away all of your weapons. Yes. Because if you use it, either one of them, you it, know, it, you're it, playing it, into their... It, it slams a stigma on you instantly. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's an, it feels like an unwinnable battle. It feels like yeah. an unwinnable battle. And like... Do you think it is? I think with time, no. But I I don't know how much of it I'll get to see. Like, I'm I'm, I'm cynical in that sense, where I don't know how much of it I'll actually see. I see change now, slowly happening. I see... But we also see people fighting the change. You see people fighting the change. This, This, not to get too specifically political, but you've seen in the last couple years this conservative pushback mm. um, and so it felt like there was a lot of progressive and liberal wavelengths that were making headway mm. and in the last couple of years there's been a massive conservative pushback because those people are still there they mm. still feel the way they feel and it's not whether I agree with it or not it doesn't discount the way they feel and the mm. way they believe it doesn't discount it yeah um, even if I don't agree with them, which I don't, but even but it doesn't it doesn't take yeah. anything away from them, and so it's they're they're also entitled to that. With my liberal mind, it's yes, they're entitled to believe what they believe, to feel what they feel, to live their lives the way they want to live theirs. The same way I'm entitled to do the same with my own, but it's frustrating when you see one one way of thinking stepping on a different way of thinking. Mm. 
I want to talk to you for hours and hours and hours. But <laughs> I've already held you for way too long, but no. I want to do another one of these. We which can do I, another one of these. I'm not going to force you to say yes. I'm like, <laughs> I'm well, that's contractual. We can just hang out and talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please. I have so much. I've already, I'm, I'm very aware that I've kept you for longer than I should. No, no, no. Um, well, one thing I want to say before I ask the final question mm-hmm. is just, in all of this, change, the change we want to happen mm-hmm. and, and all of mm-hmm. these things, when you're on stage in this beautiful suit, <laughs> beautiful suit, blue, sparkly, oh my God, it's so covered bad. in covered in Swarovski crystals, like oh my god, which sometimes will catch like, catch a knuckle and like. <laughs> I think but, even if Troy wore that, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Poop he naked. wouldn't. He wouldn't poop naked. He'd, no, poop, he'd poop in the full in the full, full genie yeah. outfit. Yeah, have you, have you ever course. done that? I haven't. I haven't. <gasps> I probably won't if I'm being honest. Really? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you not? Try doing one of those, and then one nude. I can't. One regular, it's not, and it's we'll not see. physically possible to poop oh, really? in that genie outfit. I mean, Can you, you could like poop in the outfit, oh. but then it's going to be in the outfit I think with the genies me. genies should have like a uh, butt flap. Butt flap for the yeah. genie. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll speak to the, the sign. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's not on you. Uh, um, and honestly, I have to thank James and Ragohart, the original genie, because when they were building these costumes, he insisted that, because the majority of the costumes close in the back, ah. he insisted that the genie costume close in the front so he can pee if he has to during a break. And I'm like, that has made my life so much better. And he, he had no idea at that time that this was going to affect genies, yeah. genies for decades after him. But that decision, that decision has saved all of us the the trauma in our bladders, and so I thank you, James, yes, from from me all and all the James. other genies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Apart from all the ones who have to poop. <laughs> yes, except unless we have to poop, you, then we just have to wait till the show's over. But <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, so uh, I just started thinking about Hamilton. Um, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you're on stage, do you take? Does it ever cross your mind, or do you? How much do you think about that? There are young, small, uh, fat black boys who see you, mm. and how that affects them, and how that could have affected you if it was you when you saw it when you if you were a child. And Honestly, like, no. Like you don't think about it until it's until it's in front of you, and so um, I'll get messages through social media, mm. and then it's then it's prominent then Then it's it's, then it's acknowledged and And then it's public cries um but it's i wish i could have seen more people who looked exactly like me but i was fortunate enough um my parents took me to see ragtime and i saw a bunch of brown people telling a story about brown people and it's that was the point where i was like i want to do this for a living like that was the one that kicked it into this isn't just a hobby. This is just something I enjoy. This is I need this to be my livelihood. I need to tell stories on stage um, because I saw it happen with people who looked the closest to me that I'd seen mm-hmm. on stage. Um, and uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen more more round little chocolate fellas dancing around and, and hollering and and singing and and and, and telling stories. But uh, I hope to any coming behind me and any that see see what I do. That it is possible. Um, it's the business is is mean and it's fickle, but it's uh, but it's also wonderful when you get those those moments of of clarity and those moments of of reciprocation from an audience when they give you back as much as you're giving to them. It it pays off instantly, and so it is possible. And so I hope that there's there's lots of little little brown kids who uh, continue to push. 
further in the industry and hopefully have an easier time than than I've had. Um, and we'll continue to to. That leads perfectly into the last question, which I always ask, <clears throat> which is this. Mm-hmm. So. You're in the delivery room mm-hmm. where you have just been born. Okay. Okay. But you're you, and you're mm-hmm. holding yourself. Okay. Teeny, teeny, tiny Trevor. Mm-hmm. And he's crying. Classic, classic Trevor. He's just like crying. adult Trevor would be crying. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Crying of and crying, but because there's lights and sounds everywhere, mm-hmm. and he's just been in the womb, and now it's all scary and light and sound, and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. So he's scared, and you know that in the next thirty-five mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. there'll be lots of times where it'll feel like there's too much light and too much sound, but it'll yeah, be yeah. something else. So you can say something to teeny tiny, terrified Trevor mm-hmm. uh, to maybe calm him down a bit. You can't change the future, mm-hmm. but you can say something to teeny tiny baby you, maybe to calm him down and make him feel whatever you mm-hmm. actually want him to feel. What would you say to teeny tiny baby you? Eventually, eventually, you're going to find where you fit. And it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be simple, but the people the people around you uh, will continue to to lift you up and hold you up, and you'll find you'll find you'll find the spot where where you're supposed to be with all the noise. Within all the noise, there's a place where you're still you're still safe and you're still okay. Do you still need to be told that? I think everyone can use a reminder every once in a while, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's a spot where, where we'll all be all right if you, but it's not always easy to see. Thank you so much for doing no, this. Thank you, Sophie. Usually I would ask, where can people find your work? But I mean, I guess, well, we all know Aladdin to go mm-hmm, see that, mm-hmm. but uh, that yeah, they can come see Aladdin at the Prince Edward theater here in London. Um, uh, they can follow me on social media. I'm on, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, Astonishing Trev, A-S-T-O-N-Tonishing, <laughs> A-S-T-O-N-I-S-H-I-N-G-T-R-E-V, at Astonishing Trev. Um, I'm the same on, on both of those. I'm on Snapchat, but I never use it. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Um, but uh, And uh, please follow Neighborhood Goliath. Check us out. Google it. Did you do gigs in uh, London? We we okay. So we just put a live version of the band together here in Ooh. London because everybody initially from the original version was still in the U.S. and I'd moved yeah, here. Yeah. So like they've all flown over for a couple <gasps> things, but now we have we have a live version for London. So we just started we just started rehearsing, and this yes. summer we're going to start playing out playing out in town. And yes. so I'm really I'm really do excited. Let me we know have a couple. So I can put up absolutely, some absolutely. We have a couple come. gigs coming up. Uh, one in June, one in August, which I'll announce more yes. specifically um, when when we can. But yeah, it's going to be. And as soon as we have time, really we'll start producing Hamilton. Yeah, well, and we'll and start working on Hamilton and in, in the, the stalls. The stalls. <laughs> yeah, you know the one. You know how it in goes. the stalls when the poop comes out your butt. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Robert. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And if that was it and you're done now, you can turn off the episode. Skip to another podcast, another episode of this podcast, whatever you want. Go live your life, man.
<laughs> man, go live your life. If you enjoyed the episode, though, please hang around because I want to talk to you about something. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for giving it a chance, for listening through it. And I want to thank you for supporting the podcast in whichever way you're doing so. There are several ways that you are helping me out. You either support me on patreon.com forward slash Mopad, M-O-H-P-O-D, which is this wonderful website where you, um, you sign up, you become a patron. You decide on a certain amount of dollars, American dollars, that you will want to give per episode. And then you just give them your information and it does everything automatically. So once a month you will give a certain amount of money to uh, to make sure we keep the podcast going and we keep it uh, nice and we get some interesting people and... It's the best thing ever. You can also give uh, a one-off donation on PayPal. Uh, all of that is on the madeofhumanpodcast.com website under Donate, I think. And um, all of that helps me so, so much. And I, I do a little squeal every time I see that someone has uh, has chosen to support it. So thank you so much. Another way that you are supporting it is by spreading the word, telling people that the podcast exists. Um, I've met some comedians who uh, told me they knew about the podcast from from Twitter or from hearing people talk about it, and that's um, that's really nice. That's so, so lovely. You can also, of course, come to the live shows, madeofhumanpodcast.com, again, for tickets and links and stuff. And another thing that you do, which I find is... Um, I don't see that happening a lot with other podcasts, so I'm really proud of this. You tend to tweet or message the guests and thank them for doing the podcast which is so heartwarming and one of the things I appreciate the most it means so much because the guests always come back to me and they're so uh, they tell me that I have good listeners and that is like the best that's you're the closest thing I will get to having children so (laughs) so thank you for that Um, another way you can support me and me, <laughs> me as a comedian and a podcaster, is to go to my website, sophiehagen.com forward slash shop, where you can buy uh, my show, uh, my last year's show, Shimashata, which is about being an introvert and not really liking people or parties. And that's just five pounds. You can get it like a video. Um, you can either stream or download it, I believe. And um, soon, maybe even by the time you listen to this, uh, my new show will come out, Dead Baby Frog, which we recently filmed in front of Made of Human Podcast listeners. So that should also end up on sophiehagen.com forward slash shop. So uh, so you're all helping an incredible amount, and that's keeping this podcast going. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I'm, I really appreciate it. And I have to admit, right now, um, if you feel like you've heard this before, it's because this month is... I mean, so stressful and weird and I'm traveling all over the world and I don't know when I'll get to record again. I don't know when I'll have Wi-Fi again. So this is basically like a collective um, outro that I'm recording now and it will be used in about five different episodes, I think. I am sorry if that feels like I'm cheating a tiny bit. But if it helps in any way, I was going to say the exact same things anyways. um, Because I mean them and I know I've said just variations of this for... 80, 90 episodes now. So, ooh, what do we do for the 100th episode? We should do something for that. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's some theory, something I should be uh, thinking of, and that's not uh, up to you. So, uh, so by that, that also means that now I'm going to thank the people who support with more than $5 because they become like a friend of the podcast. So $5 per episode or more, these are friends of the podcast, and uh, they get a shout-out at the end of um, of the episode. So this is the people who are supporting with more than $5 per episode via patreon.com forward slash Mopad. 
uh, on the day that this is recorded. So if you've just become a supporter and a, a patron and you don't hear your name, don't worry, you will be mentioned the next time I record an outro. Uh, it, it's gone through. It's just the way this whole podcasting thing works. Don't worry, just stick to it and you will hear your name uh, probably horrifically mispronounced by me. But first, uh, these people deserve a huge, massive thank you for keeping this podcast going for being part of the community for being just awesome supportive people and i'm so proud uh, that i will probably always remember your names uh because um i've said them so many times so thank you thank you thank you to kathy draxelbauer robert knowles eve wingworth marnie biles phil vabulous uh katrina engelson rachel furley zoe cumberland george pearson marbles laws danielle rowley Ronya Ronya, uh, Robert Lee Can, Phil Summer, Cat Passe. Oh, it's Cat Passe. She was she's been a guest twice. Nancy Gristel, Ragdoll, Queen T. Hello, Queen T. Um, Nina Collingwood, Kamaya Overa, Jessica Sheena Robinson, George Mk, Jane Mahoney, Mansour Mir, Hannah Keel, Helena Thomas, Josie, Lily, Robert Crossland, Harry Minnett. Uh, Cecil Fjeldtun, Rachel Hemsley, Mari Fraser, Lucy, Eileen Olofsson, Susie Tyler, Rachel Craftman, Kirsten Davidson, Purdy Patterson, Steph Ream, Ruth Harvey, Caddy, Katie Hatfield, Robin Kappa, Karen Threthaway, Russell Hughes, Ida Sugolasen, Inga Ellingsen, Caleb M., uh, which is Mel Melchior, but then I couldn't pronounce Melchior, uh, so Caleb changed it because uh, it was a nice thing to do, but now I'm insisting on saying Melchior. Dr. Boda Cycle, that's because people can ch choose their own names, uh, Emma Chan, Kat Beveridge, um, Emma Walton, Andy Walker, Geraldo Nascimento, Claire, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Claire Lamb, Grace Suter, Kat Piller, Harold Van Dyke, Eleanor, Sarah Ferreira, Ikeseth, and Daniel Rifershade. Oh, love you, love you, love you. Thank, and, and oh, that sounds so blah. I know that's disgusting to be like, oh my God, guys, I just totally love you all. I do. It's, it's silly and it's, um, overly emotional and stuff but it's i have a problem with authority i think it's safe to say and i think if you even listen to just a few episodes that will become very uh, very apparent and doing this podcast means that i can do whatever i want whenever i want with whomever i want and i'll release it whenever i want i it's all my decisions and i trust that i can make a good product and i hope you agree with that i assume that's why you're still listening and why you've decided to support Uh, what I do and I genuinely appreciate that because I it's it's all I've it's how I prefer to work it's what I want to do so thank you um genuinely and deeply uh and if this is the fifth time you've heard me say this during the fifth episode or I've had to use this I'm sorry I know it sounds a bit hack but um yeah as you're listening to this I might be recording a cool 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 episode with another cool cool person so yeah uh Listen, if you've uh, read through all of this, I um, oh read through. If you've listened through all of this and you haven't turned it off yet, you you're probably a really cool person. And if you are a really cool, nice, sweet person, uh, I suggest you go to Facebook and you search for uh, a group called the Facebook Group for the Made of Human Podcast. That is our sort of secret Facebook group. We have I haven't mentioned it on the podcast for almost 60 episodes now because I don't want that many people to join. But I'm just assuming I've now eliminated most people. So go and apply. You have to answer some questions because I really don't want a lot of people to come in. So I am being very strict in terms of who I let in. 
because it's such a precious group uh, full of amazing and wonderful people. So if you're still listening and that sounds like something you want to do, try and search for that group, see if you can find it, and then apply to get in, and then you might be one of the lucky ones uh, who gets to hang out with all the the core listeners, the super, super cool um, and uncool, but in the coolest way, uh, listeners of this podcast. So I'm going to let you go now. I want to thank Sarah Garvey for producing this episode, Bailey Leonard for writing and recording the jingle, to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo, and to the Phoenix Artist Club and Peter Dunbar for letting me record episodes there. I will speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.